0: You're listening to SAS Nordic, the sassiest podcast in the Nordics. Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Thomas. And we are experienced SAS professionals that are curious about how other successful SAS companies go to market, scale, build winning teams, and great products.
1: Join us on our journey as we speak to Nordic SAS leaders trying to get hold of their secret sauce. And today's guest is Nora Hovila at Videoly.
2: They will forget what you said, and they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel.
0: Welcome to the 10th episode of SAS Nordic. So we have a small celebration today, Daniel, number 10.
1: Always exciting with anniversaries.
0: And uh, also the first episode uh, where we feature a Finnish company, which we are very happy about. So we will talk to Nora from Viduli. And um, this time we're going to focus on company culture
1: yeah it was a privilege to have Nora here both you and I Thomas have had the privilege to work with her and her team in the past and we know them very well so great culture over there great team super strong culture so it was great to have her here and pick your brain a little bit on this topic.
0: Yes, and I think this is something that all of us can relate to. Either we have started on a company, we have done onboarding, we have sort of tried to find our way uh, in the company, or you are recruiting a lot of people and think about these things, how you can do that in the best way, because people are important to be able to keep uh, good people in your company and how to deal with hard situations and, and, and that things that you're going to hear more about in this episode and we hope you will be inspired. So without further ado, let's go and talk to Nora. Today, we are very happy to have Nora Huovila, the CEO and co-founder of Viduly, as a guest here at SAS Nordic. So welcome, Nora.
2: Thank you and thank you for the invitation. Great to be here.
1: Welcome Nora, we're so excited to have you here. How is Finland in January?
2: Well, now it's actually, uh, there is a, the perfect winter wonderland here in Finland, so we have uh, plenty of snow and, and minus 20 degrees, so so it's, uh, yeah, finally the fall uh, switched into winter, so we're quite quite happy with the weather at the moment.
1: Okay.
0: And is it, is it a lot of outdoors activities now as well even in, in covid times or
2: Well I think it's especially a lot outdoor activities because I think people that's the only way that people can really get together so I at least when I'm seeing from my window uh, there's plenty of people actually ice skating in the ring down uh, down there and and just walking aside the sea, seashore and everything so I think it actually increases people to spend more time outdoors
0: Okay so you have a sea view
2: we actually have a sea view yeah yeah it's kind of like it's not a like a hundred percent sea view but it's like a fifty percent sea view so there's we have a kind of we live quite high up so we can see like the sea uh like above the or we can see beyond the the buildings kind of uh in front of us so
1: i I thought that in finland everybody had a sea view like when when i was a kid we we referred to finland as the, the country of thousand lakes so wherever you are you will see water
2: that's true that's true and, and and also helsinki i think as as is stockholm as well it's kind of built on a different uh, in a way a different several islands so you have like water a bit everywhere so it's you have a good chances of kind of seeing water from your window in Helsinki.
1: right
0: so could you tell us a little bit about yourself your career and eventually why you started videoly
2: yeah, so I'm, um, I'm from Helsinki, uh, born and raised here. Uh, and, um, my background is actually in engineering. I graduated from the University of Technology here and, uh, and kind of my, as a first job after graduation, I joined this Finnish tech company, uh, that's focused on procurement, procurement analytics. So that was really my first touch on the, on the sauce, uh, sauce world. And, uh, and, uh, but they're kind of like, uh, during that time, I sort of realized that maybe my talent lies more in, in communicating about technology than actually kind of developing or, or configuring it myself. So uh, during that time, I sort of shifted more towards the business development side of things and eventually find myself, uh, found myself in sales. And um, I spent um, a little time in, in the UK or in London, I was opening their uh, UK market and then eventually I moved to, to Finland when I was, uh, or moved back to Finland when I was sort of thinking what to do next with my career. And that's when I kind of came across Sergey and, uh, and Videoli. So Sergey is the original founder, uh, founder of Videoli. So he started the, uh, so he's originally from Russia and uh, made his way slowly towards the West, uh, towards, towards West when, where he's originally from. And then eventually moved to, uh, moved to Finland. And that's where he, or here he started Videoli and, um, and yeah, we were introduced by a common friend and, uh, it sort of felt like, uh, this random opportunity joining this Russian engineer in a, in a startup. But, uh, but at that point in my career, I had already been thinking a lot. What do I actually want to do with my life or what type of uh, company I would like to join next? And it was very hard to find this sort of match that I really felt that, uh, I would be kind of truly passionate about and, and would, would be able to give my everything. Uh, so, uh, so then when I came across Sergei, it sort of felt this like an interesting opportunity that here I could join Jer- Sergei on this journey to build videoly and to make it, uh, and to build it into a company that I would actually like to work for and, uh, kind of embed all those val- values that, uh, I kind of, uh, think highly of. And, uh, and yeah, that was kind of, um, uh, the reason why I, why I joined and, and it actually still is the, my number one motivation on this journey to be able to build a company based on values that I truly believe in.
1: And how far had Sergey come uh, when you guys engaged in the discussion? Was it a one man show, or uh,
2: it was a it, it was a f- few man show? So there was Sergey here in uh, in Finland, and then there was a couple of uh, kind of remote Russian uh, people, like a dev uh, developers, and then. Um, and then there was already the first version of the product was out there. And what was amazing was that there was already a couple of customers that were using the software. And I think that made the biggest impression to me because, uh, because Sergey is, is brilliant, but he, he's not a salesperson. So I was thinking that, okay, it's not that Sergey has learned these or in a way tricked these customers into using the, using the product with his <laughs> sales skills. So the product actually has to be really good because the clients that he already had were like, like big known brands uh here in here in Finland so I was really impressed about that so I thought that okay the product must be actually really great and 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 solves a big problem there was a few clients but Sergei was really looking for someone to uh, a co-founder who could kind of focus on the business side of the uh of the company and um and start really building the sales
0: yeah, and we are going to focus later on in this episode a lot about uh, the culture and and your philosophy around that. But first, uh, maybe you could tell us what problem Viduly solve for your customer.
2: Yeah, so uh, so video is the easiest way uh, for online retailers to get product videos to their online store. So basically, we find product videos from YouTube, and we have a process and tools for creating the content, so making sure that the videos are. Actually usable for online stores purposes. And then we're able to automatically connect the right product videos to the right product pages in the online store. So without any manual work. So basically, with the help of video, online retailers then can add thousands of product videos uh, uh, to their online store automatically. And and now we have also um, kind of um opened this new product for for the for brands. So now brands can also share their content through our platform directly uh, to the online stores uh, product pages
0: okay so what is your ideal customer What what is the properties of, of sort of the perfect customer for you
2: yeah so on the retailer side so basically online stores that are since we're dependent on the content that we're able to find on the internet so we don't create any videos we just find videos and connect them uh, so we're dependent on the content that we're able to find online. And, and for some products, there is kind of excellent amounts and, and good quality content available. And for example, electronics products, cosmetics, sports and outdoor equipment, uh, tools and construction stuff, all these kind of uh, drills and, and so on, all these um, hobby equipment, baby products, See, these are just um, a few of the examples so for example an online retailer selling products in some of branded products in some of these categories is is an ideal customer for us and the other aspect is that we're at the moment we're focused on on English language content so the so we're focused on markets where English language content works for example in the Nordics uh, or then in uh, in the Netherlands UK us Canada for instance we also have a couple of customers from in, in South America and and Australia would be nice for the weather. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was a little bit curious, Nora, when you said that it's it's the fastest, and easiest way to to scrape essentially YouTube and and populate your website with with these videos. Uh, I was curious when it comes to content ownership. Like sometimes it might be a, a private person that has uploaded this video. How does that work?
2: yeah a good question. So basically, we find all product videos uh in YouTube, so the creator can be can be a brand that is doing video content about their products or it can be a private person, for example a co- consumer such as you and me. we can upload our own video about our favorite favorite products right or then it can be a professional uh, kind of uh, vlogger, so to say that as a profession in a way. Uh, makes reviews about different kinds of products, and uh, and regarding the ownership rights, it's uh, at the moment it's so that uh, if when the content creator uploads the video to, you, to YouTube, they sort of c- comply with the YouTube terms and conditions, and they uh, can allow or not allow uh, the video to be embedded in in a YouTube player outside of YouTube. Okay. So basically, at that point, the content creator can uh, decide whether. Uh, whether the video is usable outside of outside of youtube and uh, but uh, in general for example for the brands it's uh, it's very it's very attractive for them to get the video especially to the online store's product page because there is a is an um is a sort of say an an audience that is already further along in their purchase journey because they are viewing the product uh, in an online store so it's a very good to get the product videos out there and, and get video, video views from that audience.
1: Right. Really exciting. And is YouTube the only uh, or the main source of where that you work with or are there also other I don't know what to refer to them as uh, video curators or and f- platforms that you work with?
2: Yeah. Um, well, at the moment, still YouTube is the majority but as I answered, we have or as I told already earlier, we have in a way, open now the, the platform also for the brands to upload their content directly to Videoly. So that, what that I see sort of as the future direction to, uh, for our company and for the product. And in the future, we aim to also open the platform for other content creators beside the brands. For example, so that the professional logger, vloggers can, uh, upload their content directly to, to Videoli and Get it spread uh through that platform so
0: all right
1: okay you guys have been on an exciting journey for a few years now do you mind sharing with us a little bit on uh your arr growth rates how many employees you guys are how many customers you have and so on
2: yeah so at the moment Vidoli is used by i think what's the latest number like 300 online store mainly in, online stores mainly in the nordics so, uh, and our ARR is at the moment 1.4 million. A growth rate is uh, 40% at the moment. And this is the kind of like, uh, the, in a way, the most important KPI for us to now focus on and to get that uh, and to kind of increase that one. We're now 33. 33 and uh, recruitments are ongoing. So in a couple of months, we'll probably be 40 people already so um we actually closed the financing round just now in 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 2020 in august and that was a actually a really important milestone for the company because in a way even though i think we have the product market fit has been there and we have sort of been very successful in selling the product as well but something we have been in a way lagging behind is sort of really scaling the sales team and equipping the sales team with uh, with enough resources so that they can kind of how do you know how to say press the pedal? Uh, so now thanks to this, uh, financing round, which was in a way an interesting process because the COVID happened in the, or the COVID hit in the middle of the, in the middle of the, uh, financing round process, but eventually we got, got, uh, got it closed, but that was a very important milestone for the company. And now we have re- been really, uh, reinforcing the sales team. And that's something that we can now see in the numbers so that we have been able to, Actually, ramp up the new uh, new sales team members quite quickly, and now we can see that the that the sales is really picking up, and uh, the machi- the sales machine that we have kind of been uh, dreaming about for all these years, and now <laughs> it's slowly uh, coming together.
1: Okay, yeah, it's a nice milestone. Congratulations!
2: Yeah, thank you. Uh,
0: we are going to come back to the future and the growth uh, later on, uh, also. Uh, but uh, let's dive into a bit around um, the company culture. And you mentioned in the beginning that it was really important for you to to start up a company that you felt that you wanted to work for yourself. So could you tell us a little bit about your philosophy and how you apply this in practice at Videoli?
2: Yeah. So I think that kind of like the main thing that I was I was in a way yearning for uh, when I joined, joined Videoli is that. I wanted to build a company that was, in a way, human centric, that puts people first. Because I believe that ultimately, if you put the people, like the uh, people first, uh, that already also leads to the kind of the greatest success for the company. And, uh, and we honestly believe that kind of like one of, one of Videoli's uh, purposes is to make life better for its employees. Because there is no, I think all, all growth is built by the people in our team, and if the, if the people are not uh, kind of feeling well, uh, they don't they don't perform well either. So, I think that's kind of like the really the driving idea in this, and 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 it also kind of this whole people first ideology is also embedded in everything that we do. That we believe that all <laughs> everyone is first and for, for, first and foremost a human being. So, no matter if it's a customer or investor or a colleague or um, or kind of like or someone who steps into the office for an interview so that everyone should be treated uh, treated as a as a human being and uh, and how i see it is that people are not machines so i think it's for the modern i was a bit frustrated with the modern working life in a way that what i hear from from friends and from my own experience that many of the companies they treat people as they were machines That people perform on a hundred percent, uh, level on every hour of the, every hour of the day would be similar in terms of performance. And I think that is really not the case. And I think that's quite an old fashioned view. I think many, many things affect people's performance, how they are feeling. People have good days and bad days. And this is, for example, why we don't have uh, working hours at Videoli and everyone can take, uh, as much as days off as they feel they want to. And, and we also believe in this flexibility that if you're tired in the morning like it's better that you sleep and <laughs> come to work than later and and if if you feel that the best working hours for you is in the middle of the night then then uh then d- d- kind of work then
0: okay so you, you have total flexibility
2: yes we have total flexi- flexibility because I think it's ultimately uh built on trust so if we if we hire a new team member there is a hundred percent trust in them so we believe that people kind of uh that they want to do a good job that if if there is a white if if you have the right person on the right role that person will kind of like do their best uh you don't need to control people that much of course you need to support people that's very important Mm. but um but not control i think everyone is everyone wants to do well in their job and everybody wants to contribute i think that's also part of the human nature that i that i believe is true
0: so, if someone come and work for you, I guess that would be one of the differences how you how you see uh, working hours and uh, the philosophy around that. Yeah. What other things would be different uh, with Vidulya as an employee? Do you think?
2: Yeah, I think. Well, if you would start if you start at Vidulya, I think one thing you would uh, first notice is our onboarding program and and because i believe that it's very a fragile moment when when you join a new company or when you decide to change jobs it's basically even for as a company it's i don't want to say just another employee but it's just one of the team members but for the person who changes jobs it's their entire life or big part of their life not entire life but be part of their life that they're about to change so it's a very in a way Fragile and vulnerable moment because people, when people join the company, they are, in a way, they are excited. They are ready to give their, uh, give their energy to the company. And I think at many companies, in a way, like fail at, for example, in this moment, I think people should be catched so that, so that they get the best possible start, uh, for their new, uh, for their new job. And for example, we put a lot of attention in this onboarding. So, uh, we have, well, we have several kind of like goals that we, uh, that we, in a way pursue with this onboarding but so one of them is to kind of like obviously transfer all the information that you need for your role and to have everything ready but one of the goals is this warm welcome that we want that people feel that they are warmly welcome that we set the working place um, um, beforehand all the equipments are ready there are kind of well now not in the covid time but there used to be kind of like we have breakfast together when the new people are joining so it's kind of like a big celebration for the company when new people join and we put a lot of uh attention to that so that they feel uh part of the group immediately so that's that's in a way one of the things and uh and then what i mentioned on the on the human side is that for example we support therapy for our people we believe that well it's but there are many things that affects our performance so it can be on a personal life or then it, it can be be something related to the job but but as soon as you get help with the problem it helps you to in a way move forward and, uh, and get get beyond that. Um, then we also uh, try and listen to our people as much as we can. Uh, and uh, for example, in, in terms of that, everyone has twice a year these sort of feedback sessions. So they're not about kind of the team leader giving feedback to the employee, but it's more about the employee giving their feedback. So how do they feel at work? How would they like to develop in their role? Um, what what kind of like if there's something that is kind of affecting their work uh, negatively something they are not happy with and kind of really giving this space to hear people out and hear them out uh, kind of like on a a deeper level and i think actually one of the questions that i've added i have added to the feedback questionnaire is that uh that if you would leave Videoli in a year what 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 would be the reason and the idea here is to really bring surface all the things that are maybe boiling a bit under if there is some level of of, of unhappiness. But, um, but yeah, but then, well, I think I could talk for hours of this, like, what is the experience of, of working, but I think, well, I'll mention just one more thing that uh, one of our values is is this uplifted experience that we believe that people will kind of they will forget what you said, and they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. This is actually a quote by, uh, by the famous Maya Angelou. But, uh, so this is something where we really pay a lot of attention to that, that, the, that people feel safe and they feel valued that they're, that the, I think, uh, and because when they feel safe and valued, they're much more productive and creative and, uh, and kind of all the money and success follows on that. And, uh, and, and how we do that, how we pay attention to the psychological safety is that, uh, is that it's, well, it's ultimately the responsibility of, of, well, me as a leader of the company, but also, uh, all the team leaders so that we give enough appreciation for people's efforts that there is five times more of this positive and encouraging communication versus kind of corrective or negative sort of communication. Mm. And I think this type of uh, kind of this practice also Makes it possible that when there is something that needs to be fixed, because obviously we're in a startup, we, we're kind of, there's problems to be solved all the time. But then we can actually have a really radically honest discussion when people feel safe, uh, kind of, uh, yeah, when people first feel safe, then the radical, um, this disc- radically honest discussions can also take place.
1: Yeah. I think it's really inspiring to hear. And obviously you guys are ahead of the curve a little bit. I, I think w- we see the trends that, uh, work whenever you want from wherever you want but i can imagine that it also puts a a certain uh, stress on the organization in finding the right people because not everybody can imagine that type of or or manage that type of flexibility and freedom so can you talk a little bit about how you go about identifying people that will thrive in this environment
2: yeah you're you're absolutely right that it definitely it's i think well, one of the biggest challenges for us now that we're growing is to, to really find the right people because the, the company doesn't grow without, without the people. And, uh, and yeah, we have put a lot of effort now in, in kind of developing and fine tuning our, our recruitment process. And, um, for us, how we sort of view, um, uh, view recruitment is that there needs to be this sort of match, uh, in terms of the, the competence, um, that, that the person can actually use their we believe that everyone should be able to use their personal strengths in whatever role they are in because when you're in a startup it's kind of like the the company is growing so fast that you're basically I feel that I have a new job like every 6 months because there is always I end up in in situations that I've never been in before <laughs> and uh, and this is true for I think many of the people in our team so that's why I think it's very important that the core of the role relies on the person's kind of personal strengths and this it makes it that even though you're in terms, you're in, in a comfort zone, um, some part of your time due to the fact that the company is growing, but if you're in the comfort zone in terms of what the doing is, then we believe you can manage uh, quite all right. And actually you can thrive because there is this uh, good balance of like uh, knowing what to do and then uh, new things to learn. Right. Um, so that's kind of one thing. And then the other thing is this cultural fit. And, um, and for us, that means actually a value fit. I think there is, there's a lot of discussion in the media about like, uh, about finding the culture fit and the culture add-ons and, and so on. But how I, but how I see the thing is that a culture fit for us means a value fit. And even though we definitely want people from all different backgrounds, uh, from different cultures, and we already now, I think we have people speak, our people speak like six or there's, six different nationalities in our team. So it's, uh, but what it, what it means when I talk about culture fit is that there needs to be this value fit. And that's something that we don't make compromises on. So no matter where you're from, you still need to kind of, there needs to be this value fit in place. And, um, and there, when we're sort of evaluating the value fit, whether it's there or not, I think it's much important or it's very important to pay attention, not only what the person is saying, but sort of like, Reading between the lines. And, uh, basically in our assessment, we have sort of identified these cultural traits. For example, that, uh, does the person see more opportunities instead of risks? And, uh, or have, do, does this person have the tendency to uplift other people around them? Do they, in a way, generally lift others up or put them down? Or do they have entrepreneurial ex- experience in some area of their lives, even though it would be from a hobby or something? So we try to look for these cues uh, when the person is talking. Mm.
1: And, and, ha- and how do you look for these cues? Is that you and your leadership team having conversations with people, or do you put them through some tests? Or? Uh,
2: it's, it's, it's in the conversation. So we basically pay attention to these things. And then afterwards, we have a discussion about the candidate. Uh, kind of like did you feel that um, did the person focus more opportunities or or did did their real world view was was it more filled with opportunities and risk and it, it comes through in for example when people talk about their lives it's 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 not what they actually say but it's how they say it and how they kind of what is the narrative of their lives how they they talk is it just that some things happen to them. Do they consider themselves lucky in a way, or do they get, consider themselves as a victim in in, in various situations? And mm. and for example, in this entrepreneurial experience, we just um, we look at the the background. Is there something that has the person started, for example, some club or hobby, not necessarily company or or podcast, a podcast, for example, definitely a sign of entrepreneurship. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and we were very, we were very positive. Yeah, so you know.
2: <laughs> definitely, definitely, and uh, and and then, for example, in terms of the uplifted experience, it's just that, for example, did I feel uplifted in the interview? Yeah, did the person in a way press my plus buttons? <laughs> what we, uh, the term that we use, but so it's it's really evaluating the experience. But I think what is great about this approach is that then the it's in a way it makes the cultural fit a bit more tangible so it's not only a discussion about yeah i like this person because the person was sort of like a copy of myself or uh but it makes it more that we're able to in a way more object more objectively assess the candidate that okay yeah actually i felt uplifted or or then or when the person said that or that it felt like uh uh, they really kind of like demonstrated an opportunistic worldview. So, yeah. SAS Nordic is growing and now we're launching a unique peer-to-peer community on Slack. My name is Nina, I'm the SAS Nordic Community Manager and I would like to invite you to join this exciting forum. This will be the place to network, collaborate and share knowledge with other SAS professionals in the Nordics. The SAS Nordic Community is free and open to everyone working in Nordic SAS companies. Come join us at sasnordic.com, we can't wait to have you on board.
0: Yeah, you you already touched upon it a little bit but could you tell us the values that that you have chosen for your company uh, and why?
2: Yeah. Well, first one is stay human. <laughs> so well, as I as I already explained, so everyone is first and foremost a uh, human being and uh, and that should be honored and valued in in all situations and when we are for example now we're in an interesting phase because the company is growing in 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 terms of the in Um, in the number of employees so now we're constantly thinking about new kind of like policies and how is this going to scale but what we always try to keep in mind that people will that we don't want to become this in a way machine organization that we want to honor the every individual human being uh, in our organization Hmm. Uh, second uh, value is the uplifted experience that i also talked about that um, because when you building a company is is hard like i think it's it's uh it's not a walk in the park so i think it's very but um so i think that's why it's super important that we have people that by nature focus more on the positive than the negative because it's very easy i think in humans I, in general are wired to pay more attention to to negative and all the things that are going wrong and all the things that needs fixing and all the challenges ahead and and those are like in a startup, there's constantly things that need fixing. There's constantly new challenges. Nothing is ready. It's like, and if you want to pay attention to those things, you can kind of like you can drown in all the negativity. Mm. But that's why I think it's more it's very important to kind of actively pay attention uh, to all the thing that is working and all the thing that that has is is already kind of progressing and all the kind of positive side because that determines the experience of the journey. Okay. And I think that is ultimately the biggest reward uh at least for me personally building this company that the reward is not the potential exit in uh, in the end the the reward is an everyday life uh that that I enjoy and that's why the I want to surround myself and the people in my team with with people that has the uplifted uh attitude. Um so that's one thing then there is the Um, then be honest is the third value. And uh, and, and in a way, as I said, um, kind of there is stuff that needs fixing all the time and we need to be honest about that. So it's not that I I don't mean like when I'm talking about this positive experience, I don't mean to sugarcoat things. That's not the thing. But I believe that when you put attention to the positive, you can even more openly discuss about the stuff that isn't working because then people don't take it personally when they feel valued. You can discuss issues as issues and it's even more effective than people kind of like ending up defending their their egos Mm. so radical honesty there is no development without honesty so i think that's that's the third one and then the fourth one is uh own it and grow it uh which means that we really value highly this entrepreneurial attitude uh that we don't have time and resources to to micromanage people so that's why we want everyone to act as an entrepreneur in their own field. And for us, it's very important that, for example, all of our employees own, the, own their share of the company. And this is something that we want to keep doing uh, as the company grows as well, that it feels that it's truly everyone's business because because it is.
0: All right. So be human, positivity, honesty, and own it and grown it.
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Did I get it right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Great job. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so how do you ensure... I mean, one thing is recruitment, of course, that you need to do a good job there. But people start working and, uh, you know, time goes by. How do you ensure that y- you have people that, uh, that lives these values as well in practice?
2: Yeah, uh, a good question. I think, well, mainly the culture of the company is the responsibility of the, of the leader. So it's our company culture is my responsibility it's my responsibility to show the example it's also my responsibility to act when unacceptable behavior takes place because every time something that something happens that is in a way not according to our values if if there is if nobody sort of intervenes then that becomes the new norm then people see that oh that it's that it that's acceptable here that this kind of behavior it's it's okay and this is in a way where usually the 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 culture starts going uh, wrong. What we also do is that uh, we, in a way, it's ultimately, it comes down to to the people in the company. And, uh, well, during these uh, five years that I've been with the Video Journey, we have also had to let people go uh, due to kind of mismatches in the the culture. And uh, I have, those are honestly the the toughest decisions uh, uh, in this job. But I think they are also the most important ones.
0: How do you have those conversations when, the, when there is a culture mis- misfit or w- where you feel that? I mean, it's easy to say that, well, you write bad code. <laughs> Sorry. We can't. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very good question. It's, they're always like not, they're always tough discussions and not kind of like pleasant ones to have. But, but usually it's so that if the, if the kind of, um, if it's not working out, like the person starts in a new job and if it's not sort of working out, the person usually also feels it themselves. So then when you sort of put the cat on the table, we say in <laughs> Finnish, I don't know if it works in other languages when you kind of put the yeah. cat on the table, it um, then it's, it, it's very often it's also a relief uh, for the employee or the team member that, okay, let's have a discussion about it. And then I think... Well, it's so kind of like uh, depends on the situation, but usually it's very often it's sort of like this common agreement that okay maybe it's not the best uh, for us to kind of like continue together from from here on. But yeah, I think honesty is is still the the best policy in, in even the toughest discussions. And uh, and then it and also to keep it in mind that if there if Me or the team leader doesn't feel it as a fit. It's also not fair for the employee because I think Mm. everyone deserves to be working in a place where they are appreciated and valued for who they are. Yeah. And we don't want people to, to change, uh, for us. We want them to be as they are and we want people to find the place where they can kind of be themselves and flourish as they are. So I feel it's then also a favor. Eventually a favor, even though it feels uh, feels very often dramatic, but it's then on the, in the long run, it's also a favor for, for the employee.
1: It's very interesting what you say, and I wanted to understand a little bit your thoughts on now that you have all this funding, you've decided to grow the team aggressively, and you've also decided to grow with geo-expansion. We understood that you were moving into North America. How do you plan to keep the culture intact?
2: Excellent. Excellent question. We have been thinking a lot about this <laughs> lately because uh, definitely that's, that will be uh, will be a challenge. But it's something also that we are already thinking about now in advance because the culture is so important for all of us working in the company. So we really want to kind of like put our best effort in, in, in savoring it. And, um, and one of the challenges is that to have, like, for example, how to create the same cultural experience for the people now working across the Atlantic, not even on the, tam- the same time zone. Uh, and to think about those things, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's a big challenge. But I think, well, we only have now our our first f- person kind of like uh, in, in Toronto has been with us now for um, two months or so. And I think what was... Re- at least really nice to hear that we had the onboarding program well now it was fully remotely uh due to covid and well due to the due to the distance as well but well we got the feedback from uh from our newest team member he said that it's like that he really enjoyed the onboarding program and he said that it was the kind of like uh the best onboarding program where that he has ever taken part of even though he has kind of been part of kind of um canadian onboarding programs that have been on site but still this remote version was sort of more uh more inspiring so i think
0: what did you do in the in the onboarding program that sort of oh
2: yeah that's uh that's true so basically for example we in advance we we sent everybody is wearing our video woolen socks so in finland we we have a shoeless office so we have woolen socks with with our branded colors. so we sent him the socks we also sent him uh, kind of like uh, stickers and some little like branded goods so that he, he could kind of get the experience. Then as this when his first day, the first uh, kind of like first meeting that the, he had, the remote one, there was the whole company uh, there or the ones that were at the office at the time. It was in end of November. So we were still like 12 people in the office. Uh, so uh, then we all gathered into the same kind of like or the big lounge area. We had the camera on and we were welcoming Uh, this new team member so uh, and then there was like we had in a way planned uh, sessions for him for the entire kind of like first and the entire like first and the second week
0: oh
2: Uh, so there were kind of sessions with different people from the company and uh, and also then I have been well first personally also catching catching up with him kind of asking uh, how are you doing there is everything okay I think it's a lot about kind of paying attention and, and listening, and you can, in a way, also do that remotely. But, but ultimately, the plan is that we will eventually, when when this COVID situation passes, that we will open an office in uh, in Toronto, and then hopefully have this, in a way, also this physical, video live ex- experience uh, there as well. But, um, but yeah, I think definitely this remote thing is an inter- interesting challenge but then also the growth. So, um, but I, and there, I think we have now been, in a way, thinking more about, uh, for example, one of our goals for this year, it's not only that, okay, we need to grow the team with with X amount of people, but the other goal, uh, like as important one is that we need to keep our employer retention at 100%. And, now we are thinking about the ways that how do we ensure that we don't lose anyone, uh, from our team because it's so expensive to lose like key people because everyone that is in our team is a, is a key person and, uh, losing any of those would be very expensive and we would lose so much time, so much resources in trying to li- replace that person. And, and those could never be replaced uh, in a way because of their experience and knowledge that they have already kind of gathered. So. So having that goal, thinking of kind of like what measures we can take, and and then also thinking now about the how this people function will scale, like how do we ensure this ex- in a way the video experience in a way scales? So okay. Well, yeah, these are some of the things that we're thinking at the moment, precisely.
1: Nora, can you tell us a little bit why you decided for Canada and not the U.S.?
2: Yes. Uh, uh, good question. So, uh, basically we wanted to take over the North American market, which is mostly in the, if you think about e-commerce, it's mostly, mostly US. But then we interviewed, interviewed many of the Finnish sales companies that had already successfully expanded to, to the North American market. And surprisingly, many of them ha- had done it through, had done it through Canada. Uh, and it seems that um, so, and the reasons for that were that uh, it's less bureaucratic in Canada, so you can easily kind of like get up and running. Um, also, that uh, there was a lot of praise uh, in in terms of or in regards to the Canadian culture that the Canadians are very like open-minded and open-hearted when it comes to uh, comes to um, in a way. European people uh, in the country and then uh, and then thirdly a very important reason is that uh, Shopify is an extremely important ecosystem for us uh-huh. and they are headquartered in in Canada so and in Toronto I think also due to due to Shopify being there there's a lot there's a big e-commerce ecosystem there so that also made Ken- Toronto like the perfect spot for us so uh, yeah so that's where we'll be where we will be starting our uh north american uh kind of journey
0: exciting a good reason to go to toronto then daniel sunday
1: definitely definitely i like what i'm hearing
2: mm-hmm. and did you know i don't know if you have watched the program suits yeah, the kind of lawyer program.
0: I know of it, but I haven't seen it.
2: Yeah, because many people think that it's 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 shot in or that it's recorded in um, in New York, but it's actually recorded in um, in Toronto. So they say that Toronto is like the cleaner version of New York. <laughs> I haven't been there myself, but I will definitely now go there. Okay. <laughs> go there someday.
0: Yeah, interesting. Might be available for s- some uh, someone here that is uh, thinking about. Expanding their business to to North America.
1: So Nora, where do we see visually in the next couple of years, and what type of people are you guys trying to recruit for now?
2: Um, good question. So um, the we are so in two years we are a prominent player in the in North American market as well. We have raised our A round, and uh, hopefully we have found many many video leads to in a way join our journey we're looking for especially salespeople now um sales talent in both here in 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 helsinki and then in in toronto um as well as marketing talent and then um and then for what comes to developers uh those we are looking from from Russian. so basically we have a completely kind of a completely a remote product development team and we recruit there mostly Russian engineers, which is great because we can tap into a much larger pool of talent. Um, yeah, and in yeah, and kind of like in terms of the kind of the vision for the product is that we aim to be the go-to place for product videos, the sort of hub of product videos globally that connects in a way product videos to Uh, to the, to the online stores and then connects on the other side the content creators of, of product videos, brands, vloggers, consumers, whoever is producing the content.
1: Exciting journey
0: ahead.
2: Yes, definitely.
0: (laughs) And uh, maybe you could help us with a good tip for our journey ahead. Uh, we are looking for more guests, of course, and maybe there is someone that you would like us to have on the show.
2: Uh, yeah. um, there is many kind of people who have been kind of helping us on our journey, but uh, at least lately, I've been very inspired about uh, is very inspired by, by the CEO of Oyansu, uh, who has been helping us a lot on our journey uh, as well as the guys in, in lead feeder. So their uh, chief revenue officer, Jaakko Paalanen and and also their chief marketing officer, Andy Culligan. So yeah, um, if you can get any of these guys, uh, at least you have me as a listener.
0: <laughs> That's great, Nora. Thank you for that, and thank you for being on the show. It was really interesting to hear about how you build your company. I think there was a lot of interesting things here with the flexibility, the um, your values, and uh, not forgetting the the wool socks yes. that uh, you only get. <laughs> Individually onboarding. and a little bit jealous here. I, I'm freezing uh, quite a lot actually on my feet. So. <laughs>
2: well, will, I'll, I'll send a pair of socks to you as well. <laughs> okay,
1: now we're talking. That's about. a way to get free socks. Hey, hey, Nora, I'm freezing as well.
2: Oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> we'll get you a white pair as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and this is going to be something that we're going to add to every episode now. That try to you know get some
1: <laughs> freebies. Freebies, I like it
0: exactly. So, but uh, see you around, Nora, and wish you well in the future.
1: Take care now.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Daniel and Thomas, for a great discussion. And let's catch up soon.
1: we Will do. I'm always so happy to hear when a CEO comes on the show and says, I spend most of my time on culture, maintaining and building the culture. What was your takeaway, Thomas, from today's session?
0: What I think here is a key learning is that we talk a lot about putting the customer first. But if we step back a little bit, we see that we need to put our employees we need to put each other first in order to be successful so to have the human perspective to understand that everyone is unique and we work in different ways some people are more effective in certain times of the day uh, they need maybe some more flexibility in their work days And as long as you work towards the same goal, you have the same values, you can allow people to have that freedom. But also, on the other hand, if there is a conflict when it comes to the values or that you see that things are are not really working out, that you also need to be able to take the hard decisions um, because it's so important to keep that culture especially when you're a startup and you are in this phase where day everyone needs to put together to make it happen so
1: yeah well said thomas and and well summarized uh, there's a couple of things that i take away uh from this episode one is how nora speaks about never give in on your culture never make any exceptions because as soon as you make an exception that becomes a little bit the norm and the second thing that i personally can relate to is on monday i'm starting a new gig And I really liked how she spoke about seeing this from the employee's perspective. It's one of the biggest things you can do in life to change a job uh, and what that means and and how you get these people on boarding. So I hope my new employer listens to this and that you give me a super welcoming on Monday.
0: (laughs) We've also had a poll online on LinkedIn where we looked for Norwegian companies to have on the show and we got some really uh, exciting guests coming from Norway in, um, in the near future. So looking forward to that and also please follow us on LinkedIn, subscribe in your podcast player if you use Spotify or Apple iTunes or so. Uh, and why not give us a, a review and help us to spread the word of the show.
1: Yeah, Keep supporting us, keep providing us the valuable input and very soon you'll also find us on, on Clubhouse. We are extending our reach to so keep your eyes open for posts around that and let's stay in touch.
0: Great. So see you again in two weeks. Bye.